Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Woo! He's the rocket man for a reason. Thank you, Lord. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he... Armstrong and Getty. So that sound clip we just heard has got to do with a jetpack of some sort? I don't know if it, if that is, but it reminded me that there is a clip of a guy okay. with a jetpack. Okay, well, I'll talk about that yeah. later. That's, uh, if, you're a, if you're a male of roughly my age, jetpack has been your dream your whole life. Oh, so. yeah. Live from Studio C. Hey, senor. Hey, dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. We were here yesterday on President's Day. I don't know where you were, but today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. William Barr, attorney general, under fire. For what? I don't know, allegedly uh, carrying out Trump's will as opposed to the laws of the land. Okay. That's the flap. Gotcha. How's everybody doing with the post-President's Day hangover, huh? The booze, the cake, the parades. How about one more for old time's sake? Nah, nah, nah. Millard Fillmore installed the first bathtub and kitchen stove in the White House. Presidential trivia, that's what we were doing yesterday. Now, don't you wish you were here? Do you have a year on that? No. That Uh, would require effort. Of course, that doesn't mean they had indoor plumbing. You could have a bathtub, obviously, without indoor plumbing. Oh, yeah. so Sure, yeah. Heat buckets full of water over the uh, the fire. Have your servants bring them in. That's what I do. Would presidents uh, just get hosed off before that? Yeah, he, exactly. that's what they did. They hosed them all. Yeah, <laughs> like, a, like a horse. Uh, I think you sat in a bathtub and people brought you in uh, buckets of hot water that were heated over a, uh, a fire of some sort. Right. Um, uh, one of the headlines is today is Mayor Bloomberg of New York City has qualified for tomorrow night's debate. He hadn't as of yet. He has of now. And he seems to be the flavor of the moment in terms of attacking people. He is in the barrel, as they say. And, uh, and perhaps, although I've been fooled umpteen times in my life, uh, it will be an exciting debate with all of them going after them. Although the tradition in, uh, debates is that you say really strong things in interviews and then when you're standing next to the candidate, you completely wimp out. See Ted Cruz and Donald Trump, or there's a million examples over the years. Sure, yeah. When they're not there to respond, you're very tough. Very but, hard hitting. But we'll see. Yeah, well, you'll see. I'm not watching that <laughs> crap. I completely Bring understand. Me the highlights. Yeah, yeah. I understand. If there be any. And yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a question that's out there, certainly. Um, just see that horrific crash at the Daytona 100, yeah. 500, sorry, 100, Daytona that's just 100. getting started 500. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The, uh, the, the gent is, uh, is good. Ryan Newman. He's in serious condition, but, uh, expected to recover. No, was he in the running to win the thing? Oh yeah. He was leading. Oh yeah. really? When he crashed, he was leading? Well, yeah, a guy bumped him and he feels terrible about it because he was trying to help him. It was not, I was trying to pass him. It was, I'm trying to get real close so we could like do the whole drafting, pushing thing. I'm in. Because they're both Ford guys. Okay. I was really hoping a Ford would win. I just feel terrible. They're on the same team? Yeah, essentially, Um, I guess. How uh, how close to the end was it? Uh, I don't know that. 
Uh, they were in like double overtime. They were calling it. Okay, I don't know what that is. That's, I don't know either. That's, that's a new uh, new thing for racing. I guess I just I, I had a little information for you. You're asking me the hard questions. <laughs> that's what real journalism is, folks. The problem is, uh, I don't know. You're like one of those morning TV people. Do not ask a follow up to a morning television deep person. At- Best. <laughs> um, I saw the Daytona. Um, I finally saw the video at the Daytona 500. Some call the 100 mm-hmm. um, of the president's limo. The beast is yes. they call it, doing a lap around the track and the crowd cheering wildly. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. They took the beast around the track with the crowd going ape. Uh, that was that was something. And that is an amazing vehicle to start with. But mm-hmm. what a cool look. How, how much did Trump like that? <laughs> Quite a bit. There's some place he's going to be that, that some of your southern college football games and uh, NASCAR races. That's where the crowd's going to go berserko crazy for him. Oh, yeah. Maybe the Nationals baseball game. He gets booed. But uh, you had to like the Air Force One flyby, too. Mm-hmm. A little warning. That wild. Stay in line. That's what that That's what that was. <laughs> what? Uh, we'll bring the firepower. I don't think it's armed. <laughs> uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever written a letter to a business that you feel has wronged you. I have indeed. Yeah, I'm thinking about doing that. I with... have not. Oh, an email? I have, but not a letter. Yeah, maybe I'll just do Dear an email. Dear sirs. Well, I was thinking like a really fancy certified... I found your food less than delicious. Yeah, that's kind of what happened here, actually. I went to a very fancy steakhouse. I spent a lot of money. Uh, took the fiance. She was very happy with her meal. So I didn't want to ruin the event by becoming that customer that was making the scene. But I got a steak and it was, I opened, cut it open and it was almost raw. I mean, it just looked like it, they just completely. It's important worth mentioning because we had this conversation yeah, off the air yesterday. This uh. is one of your most expensive steak restaurants in America. Ah, right? yes. That's the difference. I'm a guy who eats at Denny's regularly. Mm. My eggs are runny. My toast is burnt. Par for the course. I'm right. not going to say a word to anybody. Yeah, right? That's what I expect. Money for... But if I spend $100 for a steak, it better be within a mo- within a range of edible. It's got to be perfect. How'd you order it, Michael? Let's drill down here. Uh-oh, no, here we no, go. I like it medium well. Captain I mean, just... Meat weighing in. The meat police. <laughs> no, I don't order you, it well. Medium is... well? Yeah, I, I know. It's just that's oh, awful. $100 God, steak right, and you get, get it cooked to that. a brick. But we'll look no, past that. No, no, no. I mean, I like it some pink, not... Totally pink, but so medium. Yeah, about okay. that. But the point is, is that so they take it back and they say, "Don't worry, we're going to bring it right back out." You know, it so came to you gelatinous. Yes, yes. Then I had the same was, problem at the very same steakhouse, actually. And then it was returned to me, um, still cooking, still sizzling, but now it was completely well to the point of burnt. Oh boy! So they went from one extreme to the other in an attempt to quickly give me my steak back, and I was hoping that they would just give me another steak, but instead they just. About the same think, thing, and I think you got to do your complaint then. But I understand if you got a big kind of like celebratory thing going with multiple people, right. that's not so the handiest time to get into that sort of a beef, right? Yeah, so to speak. Yeah, uh, or multiple beefs. Well, you've been yes. wronged. Very good, Jack. <laughs> you've been wronged. Yeah, I, mean, I have been wronged. That's terrible. High dollar place like that, giving you a live cow than a hockey puck. How about something in between, huh? So I'm thinking maybe a certified letter with like calligraphy. You know, something really that gets their attention. Right. That's why like, right. I, I ate at a low-rent place with the kids the other day, and uh, one of the meals was not what it should be, but you know what? That's what you expect. Yeah. You want better? Go someplace better. Realism, <laughs> I think is the term here. There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. You don't really know how much you miss something until it's gone, and I was that way with hot beverages the past several weeks. As here at the Radio Ranch, our, uh, our our hot water dispenser has been on the fritz. So I've been drinking cold water like a sucker. 
Uh, but uh, what is what is more American than a little ingenuity and effort and may you know making the world what you want it to be? So I brought in my very own. Well, that's what that sound is. My very own tea kettle. So if you guys need a <laughs> cup of noodles, you need a, you need some hot cocoa. What about that sound? It's a little loud. Oh yeah. Well, that's that's how you know it works, Joe. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Give myself a little warmer here in my tea. Scald yourself. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's a little plug-in tea kettle. I'm probably breaking uh, multiple rules and regulations, sure. but whatever. Give uh, me some hot water, and I don't have to do this. I uh, hadn't considered that I could have uh, some cup of soup this morning. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, a cup of noodles all day on me, you guys. <laughs> Ramen for everyone. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, February 18th, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin then, officially according to FCC rules and regs, at Mark. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. There you go. That's just part of the latest controversial clip from Michael Bloomberg. Oh, or boy. any controversial clip, because this is what happens. You get to the top of the polls, and all of a sudden people start going through everything you've ever said in your life. Either fairly or unfairly clipping it up and playing it, and then you got to respond to it, and that's where he is currently. In his Any life. jackass can kick down a barn, but it takes a good carpenter to build one. There you go. Yeah. So he's got expertise in farming, in carpentry, in animal husbandry. I did. It's the sort of man we need in the White House. Wait, what's I, that last one? Uh, misogyny, apparently, too. Oh, oh um, my. Uh, did hear one reporter say that all the candidates hate Bloomberg because of the way they've worked so hard and toiled, you know, 18-hour days now for two years to get where they are, and he's, you know, sitting in an office buying ads. They're they're really angry about that. <laughs> so maybe that makes the debate exciting tomorrow. Maybe they actually bring the hate toward the, the little man. All right, now you got my attention. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's, it's fine. It's nice. It has some uh, great freedom-loving quote of the day, really thought-provoking. Harvey Weinstein trial goes to the jury today. Will they be uh, out for days, or will they come back in an hour one way or the other? Who knows? But uh, I'm not feeling good about this one the more I read about it. No, there is a backup trial, though. Yeah, yeah, there's another another, another case in Los Angeles where you might not be so lucky. Anyway, a lot on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty Show. I forgot to mention the reason Michael Bloomberg is in the debate tomorrow night is a new poll that's out, and we'll hit you with those numbers coming up. It's a national poll, and those don't matter much except for name recognition, but it'll just show you what billions of dollars can buy you in a very short amount of time, which is a new thing for American politics, for better or worse. Yeah. Well, I think we'll be fine. Mailbag! I don't think we will be. We're not going to be fine. It's all over. Uh, Michael, one texter said they, they did that to you on purpose because anybody who orders their steak medium well, they don't want in their restaurant. Right. Trying to drive you out of there. It's not well. It's medium well. That's not much better, though, is medium what well. Yeah. I'm just telling you, I would whisper medium well when you tell the... Because everybody else at the table's mocking you. Maybe write it down on a net and pretend yeah. like you're pointing yeah. to something else on the menu and be like, can I get it, this this one? Yeah. Go that. yeah. It's not something you want to say out loud. A cow would have hanged itself rather than give itself for your meat if it known it was going to be cooked up medium well. Poor cow. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. 
writer, researcher name of Theodore Dalrymple. Do you know Dalrymple, Jack? I do. Why do I know that name? Uh, he's written a lot about communists, communist hmm. societies. Uh, I know I've read something of his. I think it, well, it doesn't matter. I'd hate to, you know, get as down into the weeds as I did with my analysis of the Daytona 350. <laughs> but here's what he wrote. In my study of communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to persuade or convince, not to inform, but to humiliate. And therefore, the less it corresponded to reality, the better. When people are forced to remain silent, when they are being told the most obvious lies, or even worse, when they are forced to repeat the lies themselves, they lose once and for all their sense of probity. To assent to obvious lies is, in some small way, to become evil oneself. One standing to resist anything is thus eroded and even destroyed. A society of emasculated liars is easy to control. I think if you examine political correctness, it has the same effect and is intended to. I don't know if I agree that that's true with all your communist societies. I don't think the Soviet Union at the beginning was that way, for instance. But we have said that for years. That That's why they have elections. That's why Saddam Hussein has an election, to get 100%. It's just a humiliating act. Mm-hmm. It's just to make you so... Scared. You look around and see, wow, everybody goes to the polls and votes for this guy because they're so scared to not. Right. That is amazing. Yep. Yep. It beats you back down. Make sure you understand who you are, which is nobody. Like I'm looking at the, 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 the uh, China put out numbers today, 1,800 some new cases of coronavirus. Why is anybody paying any attention to those whatsoever? I they're don't completely know. made up. I don't know. Yeah. Donald Trump, don't trust China. No, no, that's a good policy. I remember discussing this in the context of Fathead and uh, and his dad, Fathead Senior, and of course Grandpa Fathead in North Korea. Comes uh, from a long line of Fatheads. Yeah, well, clearly genetics. Um, but the 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 reason for the stories where Kim Jong Il would uh, put out that he had played golf and aced all 18 holes, including the par fives, which is really, I mean, the power and accuracy is awesome. Uh, the reason they put Especially out... Especially those par fives. Oh, yeah, I know it. I mean, you got to hit a couple of sprinkler heads, maybe get it on the cart path for a while, and then bingo, bango, bongo, right in the hole. Amazing. But the reason they perpetrated those stories was because they would make sure everybody repeated them and accepted them 100% as fact. And if you sit there and say, all 18, oh, he is a wonder, he's a godhead, he is my hero, then they know they got you. If you go give the slightest hint, wait a minute, nobody can hit a ball 540 yards. Especially accurately. Right, you're doomed. You're doomed. So, yeah, exercise and humiliation. Uh, let's see, here's a nice note from Scott. I was glad to see, gratified to see this sign not far from where I live. It is a sign in beautiful Fresno, California. Uh, it's uh, a road sign. Help us help Fresno. Say no to panhandling. Contribute to the solution. Give to local charities. Um, it's it's a it's a, a road sign. It looks like a no parking sign or something like that. Which with the message that anybody with any sense knows, drug druggies junkies who are looking for their heroin money or increasingly meth money. Meth is back. Um, that's who's standing on the corner. It's not some guy trying to feed his kids. It's a junkie, you morons. Quit giving them money. Anyway, moving along. Uh, a couple of monkey-related emails, oddly enough. Monkey-related? Uh, yes. Yeah. Monkey. Just got back from Southeast Asia, writes uh, Kathleen. Catching up on my podcasts while I am on quarantine. It's not clear to me whether she's 
Serious or not. Well, might be completely serious. If she came back from Southeast Asia, she might well be under quarantine. Uh, FYI, learned they teach monkeys to harvest coconuts in Thailand. Oh, fantastic. Now, monkeys are colorblind, so they're trained to know ripe coconuts from their field. Takes about two or three months to train them. So Bloomberg was right. Any idiot can farm. Oh, boy. Have to keep them on a tether and guess they must be encouraged by their handler to keep going. Encouraged. Yeah, I'm sure that's uh, pleasant. Hope this info helps you with your new monkey garage attendant scheme. Always here to help. Thanks, Kate. Appreciate it. They're using monkeys to harvest coconuts in Thailand. What will they think of next? Now, sarcasm, by the way. We'll play the full clip coming up in a little bit and discuss the time-in-a-barrel Bloomberg clip about farmers. Yes. Any jackass can kick down a barn. Right. But it takes a good carpenter to build one. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff and inspiring, too. His very tone makes you want to stand up and cheer. <laughs> Zap says, <laughs> guys, I just want to let Joe know there's a documentary series that's in quotes on Amazon Prime called Fatal Attractions. It's a show about when people bring dangerous animals into their homes, then get eaten by them. In the description, they do mention a wolf dog. Wow, yes. I hope Elizabeth Holmes is aware of that. Uh, I like the sound of this show. I might have to check it out. So, pun intended, eat your heart out, you filthy animal. Love the show. Thanks, Zach. Love your email. People who think they're getting a cool, dangerous, hey, look at this animal, and it eats them. Yeah, look how cool I I got tigers. I got a couple of tigers and a wolf. I keep a wolf as a pet. It's fantastic. And I have a chimpanzee uh, until it pulls my head off. (laughs) (laughs) Poops down my throat. (laughs) And then I'll be on Amazon Prime, and Joe Getty will laugh at me. But for now, I'm cool. So what did Bloomberg say about farmers? That's a more. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What up, what up? A little more on the whole Houston Astros uh, not understanding public relations techniques. Maybe a little later in the game, later in the show. I didn't think baseball was going to get me to care about it again, <laughs> but I am fascinated by all of this. Wow, and it's yeah, and it's not the X's and O's of uh, baseball. If you're not really a sports fan, it's just a disaster. You know, it's funny. As I was wandering back here to the studio, I was perusing an article about how Aubrey Huff, who was one of the stars of the San Francisco Giants when they won a couple of championships has been disinvited to the 10-year reunion of the 2010 World Series team uh, because of his support for President Trump and some... Oh, you got to be kidding. Some naughty jokes he's made on Twitter. When, as he pointed out, um, my nutty sense of humor is what kept our clubhouse loose in 2010, and you guys loved it then. Rally thong was, uh, was, was the whole thing. Please. So, oh, I'd forgotten about that. Rally thong in oh. 2010. Oh, Google it. Anyway, um, so, just, it's almost impossible that baseball would make me, Joe Getty, not like it. It's in my bones and my marrow, and you're pissing me off with your cheating and you're giving the middle finger to anybody who's to the the right of Elizabeth Sanders, please, or Elizabeth Warren or Bernie D- Warren or whoever. They are. <laughs> Bunch of damn communists! I'm so angry. I can't. I can't root for baseball. I can't you having a good it. time, Joe? I think straight cats think straight. The ball is juiced. Oh, oh, oh that's hilarious. Oh, boy. 
Um, okay, so where are we? Uh, there's a debate tomorrow night among the Democratic candidates who want to beat Trump, and Bloomberg is going to be on the stage because of a new poll that came out. I heard that. I hadn't I'll seen the poll. I'll be on stage debating the issue. I hadn't seen the poll, and this is really more about the topic of, uh, really, the subset of this whole thing that I think is fascinating is how far can you go by just spending gobs of money? Nobody's ever really tested it like this before. There have been people spend a lot of money, but nothing even close to this kind of money. Mm. He's spent $400 million since he got into the race, and he took himself from 4% in December to 19% nationally with $400 million. From 4% to 19% in a month and a half. I said, you're kidding me. Which is amazing. He has spent more than 100 times as much as Amy Klobuchar. Oh, for yeah. instance. And, and, and the kind of money people generally spend to become nominee and president. And, you know, we're, we, we just barely started. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <clears throat> anyway, we'll see how that turns out. Joe says we'll be fine. I think we're doomed. But, um, so Bloomberg is now in second place nationally with 19% of the vote. And that gets him on the debate stage la- the, uh, tomorrow night. The other numbers interesting is Bernie going way up while, while Biden and a number of others have slipped. Bernie is now in first place nationally and it's not even close. At yeah, good. At 31. So he's gone wow. from 22 to 31. So it's 31, 19, 15 for Biden. Biden's still hanging on with the people that are quite not quite paying attention yet. Yeah, as, as old as him and, uh, and not paying attention. But that's the first time Bernie's topped 30% in any poll. And uh, here, here he is in the national poll at 31% and, and growing quickly. So we'll see how that turns out. But so what happens with success as they say in the political businesses, you get your time in the barrel. So Bloomberg's raised and going up in the polls, and now everybody's looking through things he's said over the years, written I, policies I, he's enacted. I think it's entirely possible his hundred millions, hundreds of millions of dollars will buy him roughly two weeks uh, in number two in the national polls, and that will be the sum total of what he purchases. You think that as some of this stuff comes out, he's gonna? I think it's entirely likely. I mean. It's not. It's not certain, but I'm also not worried about it. And we got this great note from uh, Joshua. Worried about it in what sense? Well, I'll, I'll explain. Okay. He says, "What's with this incessant speculation that Bloomberg about Bloomberg buying the election? You guys are ground zero for defending freedom and mocking the whole. This election is the most important one ever. True. The whole premise of our government. Well, I do is mock that, and we'll continue to. Yes, the whole premise of our government is not trusting in any one person, law, or institution, but to trust in the overall will of the people." When it comes in the form of the people's right to vote or the free choices in society, freedom is letting things play out. Accepting mistakes will happen and hopefully learning from them. If Bloomberg wins, it doesn't necessarily mean he bought the election, but it's worth thinking about nine months from now is one datum. Datum? You don't often hear people use the singular of datum. Aren't you fancy? Counterpoint, if Bloomberg wins, it absolutely means he bought the election. I think so, Even if he absolutely buys the election, it's just something to think about for a few years. See if other billionaires line up. See if it's even a bad thing. See if people decide against it next time. It doesn't undo our republic. Nine months before an election, speculating on whether or not one person's run over 200 years of operation will require th- rethinking our Constitution seems wildly pointless and beneath you, really. Well, I don't remember anybody ever saying we need to rethink our Constitution, but that's an excellent way to argument. Overstate somebody's other case and then oh, argue against it. That's oh, yeah, a classic. absolutely. No, hey, look, what, we got some new strawmen in the studio. What a stupid thing to say, dude. Um, uh, but, <laughs> yeah, it's email. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> I absolutely think as we nationalize elections, as we pay less and less attention, the idea that it's going to all be about money and advertising is uh, is troubling, which which yes. could be going forward. I hope not. 
Yeah, I suppose. We'll see. Do away with the knocking on doors and handshake people, and it's just advertisement and what you see on Twitter. That's not going to get a better result. I think what our uh, our forceful friend is pointing out, though, that if it goes badly or people think it's jivey, uh, they'll they'll rebel against it. And the next billionaire that comes along, they'll say, no way, we're not falling for that crap again. But how would and that if happen? if we do, we get what we deserve. Only half the country would think it went badly, no matter what. Yeah, so half the country would think it was awesome. And then the other side would do the same thing. It seems to me it would perpetuate itself rather than kill it. Uh, yes. And maybe that would be better. That could be. We I don't, don't know. know that. I mean, the current system coughs up the most useless sorts of hairballs most election <laughs> cycles. I mean, every single election of my adult life, I, you, all of us have said, this is the best we can come up with. No, 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 no. I, um, I, I never come, uh, I've not, well, first of all, I never said we need to change the Constitution, and I no, wouldn't claim of it. Of course not. Even necessarily, it's a, diff- a bad thing, but it's a change. That's the whole point. This is the first time it's ever happened. Nobody's ever tried it like this. Mm-hmm. And if it turns out you can do it, then what? I don't know. It's going to be a new world. Even Perot back in the day didn't come close to... No, and I've always wondered why. I've always wondered why these billionaires get into the race and they spend a tiny amount of money. Trump spent a tiny amount of money. Perot was nuts, money. Is, is the answer to most questions <laughs> mm-hmm. about Perot. He was nuttier than anybody realized until he was fully exposed as nutty. But, but so here's the controversy for Michael Bloomberg of the day that the candidates are going to try to beat him up uh, with tomorrow night on the debate stage. And uh, here's something from years ago. Okay, think about it. The, agri- the agrarian society lasted 3,000 years, and we could teach processes. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300. You could learn that. So people are taking that as dismissive of uh, the rural lifestyle. Yes, indeed. How any, any idiot could do that. It certainly sounds that way when you listen to that clip. Mm-hmm. I got to believe there's a lot of uh, agriculture or, or, or even tied to the agriculture world at all type people who hear that clip and think, F you, F you and your family, F everything you've ever done. Mm-hmm. I know it only wouldn't vote for you. I'm going to actively now work on getting someone else elected. I we the that, people on this farm. I think this could be a pretty damaging <laughs> clip to have on there. Mitt Romney, their spokesperson, apparently. <laughs> yes, well, uh, and I know folks in the uh, world of farming, and the idea that some Manhattan tech guy would condescend toward them will not be greeted warmly. No. No, no. indeed. I could teach anybody to be a farmer. If he wasn't 80, he'd get his ass beat, in short. Uh, yeah, all, all you have to do is be a, a farmer and an agronomist and, and a, 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 a meteorologist and a chemist and, and a dozen other things and a mechanic and, and work like a maniac. That's all you have to do as a farmer. So anyway. Any jackass can kick down a barn. Right. Any jackass can kick down his own candidacy with his big mouth. <laughs> so I think that clip, a lot of times the, 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 the whatever leaks out and they have to respond to, I think this is going to be forgotten in a day. We'll leave. But that, that, if people are kind of new to the Bloomberg, that sounds kind of interesting and they hear that, oh, forget it. That That's will be played done. from Western Pennsylvania to Eastern California and all points in between in November. And anybody who's so much as planted a pot plant is going to think that sucks don't you talk like that i could teach anybody to be a farmer yeah okay you stick a hole in the ground you put a seed in your water any idiot could do that right (laughs) now to think critically and strategically about the new tech future now that 
That takes brains. Any jackass can kick down a barn. Yes, we get that. Do, does um, he understand that he will get the coasts anyway? Of course, that's not in the campaign. He said that, what, two years ago? Or yeah, a couple two, years three back. Years. Yeah, yeah. It, was, can you play? It, was, it wasn't like it was 1991. It was in the 20-teens. But. Can you play the clip again? If you think about it, the, ag- the agrarian society lasted 3,000 years, and we could teach processes. I could teach anybody, even people in this room, so no offense intended, to, to be a farmer. You, it's a process. You dig a hole, you put a seed in, you put dirt on top, add water, up comes the corn. Then we had 300. You could learn that. It's the tone. Yeah. <laughs> not only the words, it's the tone. It's not the complexity of the farming that, that where the honor comes from. There's honor in just hard work and what it takes to maintain and run a farm. Like Joe said, you got to be a mechanic. You, gotta, you have 15 well, different there's, jobs. There's plenty of complexity, too. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's just... Well, and, and not to mention the running any business. You're, you're running a business. You got all the taxes and regulations and everything that go along with that. Um, buying equipment and just everything. Of course, you know, a, a, a brash billionaire egomaniac who says all sorts of things that are objectionable currently holds the job. So who knows? He didn't say something like that, though. N- no, he did not, con- not only condescend, but insult. The hardworking people of the country. In fact, quite the opposite. And it's a small percentage of people that are farmers, but there are a lot of people that come from families that were involved in that or are are tangentially related to the industry or whatever. Mm -hmm. There might be a hundred million people that that clip would keep from ever voting for him. In fact, they would spit on him. Yeah. (laughs) Before they would vote for him. Not that farmers are, you know, notable for spitting on folks, but. Uh, I could teach anybody to be a farmer. So that I think that one could have legs. Well, all right. It's just it's such a dumb thing to say because you could arguably teach a similar percentage of people to do what he's talking about. And the rest of the clip, he's talking about the information economy and adapting and the rest. Anybody of it. could climb up on a box behind a podium and give a speech. Well, yeah, you could teach somebody to do that. I don't know. It's just <laughs> objectionable. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. We live in a time of populism. He's trying to run as a populist. That's not a good populist quote to have out there. No. No. Plus, he just, you know, and, and I was rocking and speaking style earlier. I like that. That should, that should continue. But Trump, on this, another contrast with the current guy, Trump in, a, in an auditorium is hilarious, crazy, and riveting. 20,000 people roaring their approval. 20,000 people will never roar their approval to Mike Bloomberg unless he gives them $100,000 each. Which he might do. Which he might do, and he can afford, would never. It's a rounding error on his tax return. <laughs> That'd be a heck of a way. I will give you, I'll write you a check for $1,000 if you cheer wildly. Oh, okay. Yeah. You just yeah. pack arenas that way. Well, Jack, America loves a comeback story in the latest down but not out and back and better than ever. Ladies and gentlemen, meth. Meth is making a huge return to America's streets and doing damage, and it's extra pure, nasty Mexican meth. Uh, That information and more coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hiring managers reveal when it's okay to lie in your resume. 
Apparently, there are some things they expect to be lies on resumes. Really? That list a little bit later. Wow, okay. I've long desired to inflate my resume. I just have no need for a resume anymore. I hope I never I finally do. have the nerve. You know, I realize people don't check and, I don't know, and just be kind of funny. Claim I have some degree from somewhere. You definitely, college. you can definitely within reason claim anything for education. Unless it's a technical, you know, you got to be certified to be a brain surgeon or something. They might actually check that. Yeah. But the most jobs, you could claim whatever school you want, whatever degree you want. Nobody's going to check. Sure. I got my master's in history from the University of Texas. Nobody's ever going to check that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right. I ought to find some, uh, uh, you know, I didn't, by the way, obscure (laughs) yet significant author and claim that's me writing under a pen name. You could put that. Under my nom de plume, you know, Isaac Asimov, I uh, wrote a number of, uh, that's, that's probably a little not obscure, but you know, you know what I'm saying. So You may know me as James Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> my nom de plume. So apparently, uh, and I'd heard this from coppers, there is a new wave of meth sweeping across America. Now, I remember uh, we had that Laura Logan clip. She was doing that show for Fox where she said 90% or 100 I think 100% of meth comes from Mexico. That was point. the very thing I wanted to verify when talking to uh, some coppers who deal with uh, narcotics. They said that's absolutely true, 100% true. There may be a couple of places cooking it up, but they're making it pure and cheap in Mexico. And nobody can... Com- can compete domestically. It's a little like the uh, the automotive plants that the president's uh, up in arms about. Right. But so, uh, cooking meth is dangerous, a huge crime, and there's no profit in it. Right. So I don't do it anymore. I just buy, right. if I'm using meth, I just buy the cheap stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I get it. A uh, new wave of meth causing police and parents of, uh, of users and even government officials to shift their focus now from opioids back to meth. Because it's resurging so quickly. Wow. Super pure coming directly from Mexico and and causing overdoses and deaths all over the place. Not to mention just the, you know, and, and we used to talk about this a fair amount when, when the streets were awash with meth. It's causing a lot of the utterly giving away your humanity, scabby, toothless, turning tricks horrors of of meth that just chews away at people's bodies and brains and souls uh, and they're seeing more and more of that now oh, again it's rough yeah boy we are a people that really is looking for something we're not getting from modern life God, drink my friends drink <laughs> just you might not be good for you if you do it too much but god it's not going to take you down the road of meth mhm mhm good lord and you're not going to end up with your jaw like this they're thinking... Can't stand up straight? Yeah, it's it's interesting. The American Society of Addiction Medicine is clamoring for more doctors to learn about addiction and treatments and to attend the problem as a disease. Historically, the medical system largely ignored addiction, writes the USA Today, allowing the criminal justice system and treatment programs outside of healthcare to deal with it. Um, the grudging change started with the opioid epidemic. As overdose death soared, the mantra became treat addiction, save lives, keep people safe if they use drugs, carry the uh, antidote, uh, naloxone, does that have, what, does more this, needle exchanges. Does it say when we started doing that? 
when that tur- the tide turned? Uh, no, but we I'd have, say it was like four or five years ago. Because it would seem like we got way more junkies on the street than we've ever had before. So, yeah, maybe it sounds like a good idea. I'm not sure it's doing any good. Yeah, yeah. I guess you know they're they're cracking down on the opioids and the fentanyls and stuff like that. And it's a really and people who just want to get high from something or other yeah. think, all right, meth. Then it, it's it's really a tough one. Um, the the homeless drug addicts and then just drug addicts in general. So the the the, the crowd that and then you hear that you'll hear this on the debate stage tomorrow night. Something along these lines. You know, criminalizing a, a disease or however they're going to say. It. Sure. Okay, what's the alternative? What, what what's the other way that works? It appears Show to be me the other horrific way that works. levels of addiction, junkiedom. Show me the other way that works. Most people who do drugs don't want to quit. Yeah. So yeah. that's the problem. So they do tell this story of this 32-year-old uh, gal who's in recovery. Uh she was being treated for heroin addiction. Everybody had done it. I hadn't done it. I really wanted to try it. I didn't want to go through heroin withdrawal again. So after she leaves rehab, she decided to find meth. She says, it's just as easy as getting cigarettes at a gas station wow. right now. I'll bet I'd be horrified about how easy it is to buy. Yeah, yeah. I've never tried, but, you know, I'm sure there's some people around our parking lot I could ask, and they'd point me in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. God, wow. Man, I hey, keep hey, my... but build bridges, not walls. Man, I want to keep my kids off the meth. And you stop it at the border. That would help. I mean, that, you know, we, it's funny. We didn't stop even, all of it. Didn't even, didn't even, didn't even, you know, go down that road. If it's all coming from Mexico, how the hell is it getting into the country? Cross the border. Got to do a better job of stopping that. Yeah, good <laughs> build the wall. Make the drug dealers pay for it.